everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Pup, Pup, and Away podcast. My name is Stephanie Garza. I am a certified dog trainer and canine behaviorist in San Antonio, Texas, and owner of Pup, Pup, and Away, where we specialize with pet care with a behavioral edge. Um, this week is part two of uh, the previous episode, which was Along Comes Baby. Um, so it's the second part of this episode, um, and still another uh, continuation of our webinar series. The first segment... Um, um, it got a little bit cut off. So my question was just an update from everyone. What are different things that they have started implementing from the previous uh, webinar? So um, I accidentally cut Stephanie, who is owner of Bronx and Hudson, um, her answer off just a little bit. But after that, it picks up. Luckily, I was able to figure out how to upload my audio instead of just recording my audio, which is fantastic. I, uh, I always wondered at what age do you stop being good at technology? And I think I'm at that age. At only 32, I seem to be there. Uh, but I figured it out. And so hopefully this audio is way better than uh, last time. And it was also way quicker for me to get this episode out to you guys since I didn't have to listen to myself talk for a whole hour, actually longer than an hour. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this second part of Along Comes Baby. Last week is, is his, uh, or their, um, differentiating between um, off and then no jumping. Okay. And so we've seen kind of like it helping like that. Here's Hudson. Um, so yeah. Anything else that we've been? Uh, no feeding later oh yeah the schedules for feeding we've tried not to do it right at like six we're like kind of pushing it a little bit around a little bit Mm -hmm. love it very good awesome thank you ma'am all right bill and caitlin what's going on hello everyone hi um yeah so i'm bill this is caitlin we're what 29 weeks tomorrow yeah 29 weeks so (laughs) in the third trimester um but yeah, we have two dogs, Julio, who's like a year and a half Pitbull mix, and then uh, Avet, who's like a eight and a half double doodle. So um, yeah, I think the biggest thing we're, we're taking away, obviously, we're doing like leash reactivity training right now with Julio as well. Yeah. Um, but we're doing a lot of like leave it's, especially as we like open up stuff as we're setting up the nursery and like just getting different things. Like as we set it up, like things we know we're going to like not want them to like get into. Um, and then just more boundary setting as well with, um, you know, especially with Julio, like liking to like jump up on the bed, like during the night, like Ava will always get down right away, but he's like very, like, he likes to like crawl up. He's like a 50 pound dog, but he like puts his like little paws up and like really like tries to come in and cuddle. So just trying to boundary (laughs) set with that, like in case. He'll do it like under the covers. So like you can't (laughs) feel him. So like Uh all of a sudden in the middle of the night, he's under all the covers at the end of the bed. So a 50 pound yeah. dog just <laughs> so working on the boundaries and the, yeah. the place day stuff too for so they have their their area yeah love it okay mm-hmm. good I'm sure Ava's like yes boundaries I mean, yes <laughs> yes his favorite thing mm-hmm. <laughs> very good all right guys thank you Elizabeth let's hear from you Hi, I'm Elizabeth and my husband Abel just got home from work. Um, So we are 25 weeks, almost 26 weeks. um, And we have our girl Darcy and she's a little over a year old. That's a lot of energy. And up until like he walked in the door, she was asleep and now she's awake. (laughs) So we'll see how she does. Um, Last week she slept through through this class, Um, but we've started implementing um, a little bit more of the boundaries. Like when I'm in the kitchen cooking, I'm trying, there's a nice division. Mm -hmm. Um, We have wood floors in our dining room and our, in our living room, and we have laminate floors in our kitchen. So there's that divide where you can see the line. Yeah. Um, So I'm starting to try to like, tell her to stay out of the room. Good. And I move her dog bed because she'll stay on her dog bed if she can see me. Okay. So moved it to where she can see me and we're working on like her going to her bed whenever, you know, she's kind of just needing to be away. Yeah. Um, so we're practicing that. It's still hit or miss. Um, and she is part husky. So I feel like she's got a lot of attitude and she makes conscious decisions to not <laughs> listen to me. Yeah. Um, like if I'm calling her back in from outside or if I'm telling her to leave something alone, okay. she will look at me 
and kind of think through it and be like, no, I'm going to do it anyway, or no, I'm not going to come in or no, you're trying to trick me, mom. Like you want me to come in the house because I'm barking or because of whatever. Yeah. So I'm trying to get her to kind of stick with things. Right. <laughs> okay. Nice. All right. Thank you, Elizabeth. And last but not least, Miss Jody, tell us a little bit about you and Dottie, about how far along you are, if you don't mind sharing that. And uh, maybe just one of the things that you're hoping to get out from today. Yeah. Um, so, hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Jody DeLeon. Uh, my husband's not here. He's at work. Uh, we have Dottie. Um, she's a mix of energy. I don't know what she is. She's adopted. She's saved. Um, but she's about a 40 or 50 pound dog. I think she's got like some healer mix. Mm -hmm. um, she's super high energy. Oh, got a call. Um, and I am actually due in three weeks, less than three weeks. So almost there. Um, yeah, um, so Dottie's been doing training with Steph. Uh, we've been doing our lessons since like October or November, I think she's come a long way. Um, so what I'm hoping to um, pick up today is just some tips on uh, what we can do to keep her in her space. Um, specifically, I want to try to build a boundary so she doesn't go into the baby room. Okay. Um, good with place and stuff, like, you know, um, and she's really um, done a good job of like thinking about what's good and what's bad. So when we're in our downstairs area and she has her place, um, if she knows she wants to do something bad, she'll tend to go to her place. Mm -hmm. But when upstairs, she's not really allowed there much anyway. But when she does go up there, I want her to learn that she at least can't go into like that room. Um, yeah, and then otherwise just trying to, we've been working on leave it a lot. Okay. And she'll leave stuff when I tell her to, which is like huge for her. So um, just want to continue on that path with her. Perfect. All right, guys. Very good. Well, I think the majority of you guys are either in your third trimester or pretty close there to it. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of value in, in today's uh, topics and whatnot, because today we're covering the third trimester and how to bring baby home. Um, these, these notes are a lot simpler than the first trimester. Cause if you guys can remember trimester one was a hot, a hot topic, we had a lot of different things to talk about. Um, so don't forget that we will be opening everything up for a question and answer at the very end. But if you have something right now that you want to ask, just wave your hands and I'll stop and, and call you guys on. Um, so definitely don't feel free. Don't feel like you have to wait till the very end to ask your questions. Um, but also feel free to write them down. Um, don't forget, I am recording. Um, so I will send you guys a copy of this video um, afterwards. Um, did everyone get their last videos? Uh, was everyone able to open everything up and look at all the other supplemental videos about how to train some certain things? Cool, cool, cool. Um, Jody, I might send you a couple of those because um, I think, I don't think I have one for out, um, uh, but I'll see what I have in my little uh, library of different videos. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get started. So um, just, I guess, just to recap from first trimester, um, we were setting foundational behaviors, behaviors starting to teach the whatever we're going to be using during the pregnancy. Um, the second trimester, we were advancing those things to a more realistic level, um, using them in more real life scenarios and not just in repetition training. Um, the third trimester, we're starting to prep the routine. Um, I don't want baby to come home and all of a sudden everything changes. So we're starting to prep the routine and get our dogs ready for what life is actually going to look like now that baby is coming home. So um, my first um, note for you guys is to start implementing the behaviors that we talked about in the previous ones, the previous episode um, in your stage scenarios. Pretend like you have a baby, um, do stuff in the nursery. Where do you think you're going to be nursing? Um, you know, sit down. Uh, might sound silly, but maybe even sit down with, with a blanket in your hands, in your arms. Um, I don't think you need to have a baby doll in there, but if you've got one, why not use one? Um, I think it might be interesting for you guys to maybe even use one of your dog's toys, um, using it as something that your dog is going to be interested in and want to be engaged with. 
Um, but where are you going to be nursing? What rules do you want? Do you want your dog to know a place bed in the nursery? Do you want your dog to know how to get out of the nursery? Do you want your dog to know both of those things? Um, if your dog's going to be in there, start practicing those things, start practicing that condition relaxation exercise, um, <laughs> because it's going to be something that you want your dog to get used to being calm in that area, um, especially because some days pumping or feeding might take quite a while. Um, walking, a lot of you guys have been talking about establishing that nice loose leash walk because mamas, you're gonna want to get some exercise to get you out of the house, you don't go stir crazy. Um, start implementing what those walks are gonna look like with the strollers. Um, once again, put one of their favorite toys in the strollers, go for a walk. You might look like a crazy person <laughs> to your neighbors because you're walking with an empty stroller. But when your neighbors start seeing you treating your dogs, they're like, oh, what a smart mom. They're getting their dog ready for a baby coming home. Um, go down your usual route. Um, when you're first introducing the stroller to your dogs, um, make sure that you allow them to sniff it before we start moving it. Start moving it around inside the house and tossing treats out of the stroller um, so that way your dog is not weirded out by it moving. Um, put the leash on your dog. A lot of one, one thing that I think a lot of my moms really like, especially for those of you guys that have two dogs, um, is a hands-free leash. It's one of those belt things, um, with an attachable leash part that you can now be hands-free. So you can be pushing the stroller and treating with your hands. You're not having to hold on to your dogs. Um, usually the could you say that again? Nope. Usually the people um, that I do have use that, they do have small dogs. Um, so definitely if that's something that you're interested in, just make sure that we've also worked through the not pulling part. Um, but when you're starting to introduce the stroller in a walking scenario, do so for short periods of time. And the more that you do it, go for longer and longer walks, um, especially for dogs a little bit on the weird side about new stimuli, uh, making sure that we're not trying to go for that full mile, mile and a half or whatever it is you're used to doing with the stroller, break it down into smaller pieces. Um, start utilizing the crate for certain periods. La uh, last time we talked about creating those boundaries, creating those safe spaces for your dogs. Um, go ahead and start utilizing some of those things even while you're in the house. Um, so setting them up in those things, giving them their long lasting shoes, their bully sticks, whatever it is, something to keep them happy. Uh, move away from the crate, pretend to be doing some other stuff around the house. Every once in a while, go in there, toss a cookie, move away, do some more things. Later on, go in, toss a cookie. Once again, starting out with short periods of time and making your way bigger and bigger. Um, but a lot of dogs will think that it's kind of weird. Like your dog might be used to being in a kennel or in their laundry room or whatever confinement that they're in but you're gone, right? So putting them in there, forcing them to be in there, but then you still being home might be something a little bit different, especially if your dog is one um, that is prone to a little bit of FOMO. Um, so making sure that we're still practicing those things. Um, and of course, kind of going along to that stroller thing, um, start introdu uh, introducing your dog to all the baby objects. I think someone, I think maybe was it Bill that you guys said that you guys got, you're starting to set things up and getting everything in. Um, let your dog smell and be part of the process of you guys unboxing things and putting things together. Um, our dogs are always going to continue to stay curious with something when we're not allowing them to investigate. Um, things that typically go up um, things like strollers, things like your, your diaper genies that you might have, um, your changing table, things that are more vertical tend to be a little bit scarier to our dogs at first, um, just because it's height. Um, so sometimes if your dog's kind of having like a weird reaction, um, things like the diaper genie is pretty easy to lay down on the ground. That way it's a little bit less intimidating for your dog to sniff. Um, feel free to pair treats with different things, but I don't want you guys to use the treats as coercion. And what I mean by that is if your dog is trying to investigate and you see them like sniffing with their neck really far out, but their feet are really far back, your dog is saying, I'm curious, but I'm also not super comfortable enough to get up right away up to the object. So what I don't want you to do is use treats to try to lure them closer to the object. I don't want your dog to feel stressed. Uh, I really want that treat. I really want that cookie, but oh my God, I have to go closer to that thing. So instead, wherever your dog feels comfortable, they're not having a negative reaction to that, that 
piece of furniture or whatever it may be, while they're looking at it, just good boy and give a treat there. Good boy, build that positive association without that stress, without that coercion. Um, if your dog is not having any negative uh, uh, feelings or anything like that, I would still, yay, have a party around it, still toss some treats up in the air um, and do little things. So definitely strollers you wanna be looking at, um, any bouncies that you guys might have. And some of these things you might not have yet, right? Because what newborn is using like a, a big bouncy, right? Um, so this might be something that you guys continue as your baby gets older and needs more things to continue to keep this process up. Um, another one too, like we kind of talked about leaving diaper genies. Um, some dogs are nasty and they wanna try to get into something that has a dirty diaper in it. So maybe you wanna be working some leave and things like that around the diaper genie. Um, and another one is toiletries. Um, things, you're gonna be putting lots of lotions, powders, different things like that on your baby. Um, things like that might be something that gets your dog interested and even more interested in baby. Um, so as you start to collect those things, like you know your little lotions, put some lotion in your hand, rub it in and offer it to your dog to see if they wanna smell it. Don't stick it in their face, but just, hey, do you wanna smell this? Like let them investigate it. Um, don't put things on them, but just kind of start using some of those products so that way they're not super brand new when now brand new baby is also wearing them and now it's lots of different stimulation there. So um, anything and everything that you can think of, I don't think that you can over introduce things. If you're like, hey, my dog's never seen this before, should I? Might as well take two seconds out of your day just to show that to your dog, okay? And then some of you guys are already starting to do this, but we're definitely making sure that we're randomizing our schedules. Um, and we talked a little bit about that beforehand, um, but definitely uh, if your dog is used to eating at a certain time, potting at a certain time, we're starting to deviate from those different things. Um, and if your dog is really sensitive to a schedule, what I would do is start increasing or changing things around by about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, so maybe do 10 to 15, maybe your dog's super used to eating at 6.30. Um, this next week, maybe start doing it at 6.40, 6.45. Wait till your dog's comfortable with that. Maybe about three to four days, maybe up to a week, and then start to increase it a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, my favorite thing would be for you guys to have about a two hour window where your dog, like where they're typically at maybe before and after an hour before the 6.30, an hour after the 6.30. So that way your dog is pretty comfortable in a decent sized window. Um, but yeah, those are my notes for third trimester. Any questions about that? Anything ring the bell for anyone? Cool. All right, guys, let's go ahead and um, move on to what should we do when baby comes home? Um, there's a lot of different things. Um, I think the biggest one is allowing you guys to make it home because what's going to happen is, especially mom, right? You guys are going to be in the hospital probably for a few days. Dads, you're probably going to be coming in and out. Um, so your dogs might not be super overwhelmed to see you guys, maybe except for Elizabeth because uh, Darcy just loves dad so much. Um, but I want to set this up to where moms, you guys are comfortable coming home the first time. So. Um, when you got after baby's born and while you guys are still at the hospital, um, I would have someone, hopefully dad, since you guys are going back and forth, but maybe a family member or something like that, um, to take things with the baby sent home to the dog and just to create some positive association with that. Um, so maybe it's a blanket that your baby wore um, or had, maybe it's a onesie, something like that. Shoot, maybe it is a dirty diaper or something along those lines. Um, taking those things home for your dog to smell, to investigate, that way they can get a little bit of information about this new thing that's coming in, this new thing that I'm going to be smelling a lot before it's actually a physical form in front of them. Um, feel free to pair positive association to it as well. Maybe you want to put it right next to their bowl or something like that while they're eating. Um, maybe if they sniff, you can give a treat, treat and treat while they're sniffing it um, and try to bring home a variety of different things as well, if possible. Um, have treats prepped and ready for when you're about to come home. Um, so dads, maybe like the day before that moms are coming home, maybe you put a 
bag of treats out on the front porch because you, what you don't want to do is get into the house and oh my gosh, where are my treats now? You're rushing to the kitchen or wherever it is and your dog's already going bananas. So have those treats already with you guys at the front door so that way you guys can definitely just walk on in. Um, at that point, you can even be kind of doing a little bit of, um, I think we talked about the no jumping up leash technique where we put treats on the ground and turn around using the leash. Did we talk about that last week? And I send you guys that video. Okay. Um, in that video, we always put treats on the floor to build a bigger connection with wanting to stay on the floor. Um, so even things like that, maybe you want to practice exactly what that's going to kind of look like. So uh, moms or whoever is going to be bringing baby in, step outside. You have your treats. You're walking in with a bundle, a fake bundle of joy in your arms. You've got your treats. And when you walk in, just start tossing cookies on the ground, on the ground, let your dog see it, put the treat on the ground. So that way they're understanding that when I have something here in the hand, I'm not supposed to be jumping up for anything. Um, and just to kind of set, if your dog already kind of knows what that context is, front door, mom or dad, something is in their hands. I'm not like what I'm used to doing is getting treats on the ground here. So that way, when you guys do come home from the hospital in a real life situation, they're like, ah, it's that exercise where are the treats on the ground. Okay. So go ahead and start setting that up a little bit. Um, someone else besides mom should be holding baby whenever you guys come in for the first time. Because like I said, moms, you guys are going to be in the hospital for a couple of days. Um, when you come in, your dog is going to be really, really, really excited to see you. Okay. So if you're holding baby and the, all the things and your dog's getting really excited, now you might be feeling overwhelmed. You might get frustrated. Your dog might get frustrated because you're like, oh my gosh, where have you been? You're finally here. Why aren't you giving me attention? You have a thing in your hand. What is that? And that might be a first bad negative reaction. So um, like I said, dad should be holding babies or something along those lines. If you have other family members coming home with you, grandma, grandpas, aunts, uncles, whatever, someone else besides mom should be holding baby. Um, that way moms are available to say hello to the dogs and kind of start calming them down. That way they have a little bit of a better interaction. Um, ideally, if we can as well, and this might not be um, super logical or super logistical, is that a word? Um, depending on your schedule, um, but I would like for dogs to get a little bit of some sort of physical and mental stimulation before bringing baby home. Doesn't have to be right away, um, but maybe a longer walk than usual, or maybe a harder food puzzle toy, one that they've never figured, seen before or figured out before. Um, that way we're having a chance to reduce a little bit of that energy and a little bit of that excitement. So then that way, at least it's a little bit more watered down, a little bit more capped off whenever you guys do come home. Um, now, I think it would take a ton of physical exercise and a ton of mental stimulation to like Oh, my dad, my dog is being perfect as I walk him through the door um, or to have a big, huge night or day difference. But getting a little bit of that exercise before you guys are actually walking him through the door is be helpful. Um, so maybe you might want to start talking to a dog walker or something like that to, um, you know, come do that for you guys before you leave. Maybe you set it up with a neighbor. Uh, maybe you send a family member over to the house to just, you know, throw some fetch for the dogs in the backyard, take them out for a walk, something along those lines. Um, I also think that maybe administering some sort of calming, uh, situate a calming natural calming remedy to your dogs before bringing baby home can also help make that first experience go a little bit better. Um, did we talk about any natural calming remedies um, our last uh, session together? Things like DAP collars, CBD, rescue remedies, stuff like that. Some of you guys are saying yes, some of you guys are saying no. Okay, um, we can definitely talk a little bit more about some implementing some of those things, um, but I definitely think it'd be good for you guys to maybe start experimenting with some of those products, seeing what works for your dog, and then making sure that we're administering some of those things or having some of those things in place for your dog when you guys first come in. Once again, just to kind of take the edge off of a really big event that we wanna make sure that we set up on the right, right foot. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about maybe specific things for you guys. Um, and then how to teach, how do, how do we actually have our dogs greet the baby, right? Um, so typically what I have moms do is, um, and by, the, by this point, anyone can be holding baby. Because um, at some point moms, you know, 
the dog should now be over the super big excitement of you coming into the house. So um, you guys sitting down, um, having baby at like, maybe you're doing it like on the couch or maybe even some sort of um, armchair or something that maybe your dog cannot jump up next to and then hover over. So maybe like, um, like an armchair or a computer chair or something along those lines. Um, while your dog is sniffing, yes. And then once again, treat on the ground. They're sniffing, mark, mark your moment with whatever marker word you're using and then treat on the ground. Um, so I don't want your dog to think that they cannot interact with baby. I definitely would love for them to interact with baby. Um, but I want this moment to be a positive association. And once again, treating on the ground. So then that way your dog is not wanting to jump up into your lap to sniff even more. I want your dogs to realize I can sniff, but things are gonna be down on the ground for me. Um, and then once your dog is now having that positive association, then we turn that into rewarding your dog when they sniff and then they back up, rewarding that. So then we're rewarding a different part of the process. So it's not, I sniff, 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 and that's all I want to do. But now we're, we're having your dog interact with baby, stop their interaction with baby, and then get rewarded with that. And then that kind of slowly starts turning into a conditioned relaxation exercise. So while baby's in your arms, now that they're kind of getting, you know, the, the first experience isn't so exciting or anything like that. As soon as baby starts to kind of calm, excuse me, dog starts to kind of calm down, treat for that. If they sit, treat for that. If they sniff, okay, no biggie, you can treat for that. So now we're starting to turn that conditioned relaxation exercise into a more realistic situation when you're usually going to be holding baby and we want our dogs to maybe be a part of the situation. You know, you're sitting with me, you're laying down, um, but you're also not being needy. You're also learning to be calm next to me. Um, so we can all do this together. Okay. Um, so those are all of my tips for um, how to prep for the actual moment of you guys bringing baby home. All right. So what questions do you guys have for me now? Anything about the third trimester coming home? Um, do you guys have very specific questions about your situation, your scenario in particular, um, about your dog? Or is there one part of this whole process that you're really nervous about? Um, let's just hear from you guys and see what's going on. Stephanie, I have a quick question. Um, so we know that Darcy um, <laughs> has a very unique way of, of reacting to people as they come into the house. She's like really, really excited. And we know that dad holds a lot of excitement for her. Uh -huh. um, I know that I hold excitement for her if I'm gone for an extended period of time. Right. But I think she will be excited when I come home if I'm gone for a few days. Um, but... I'm wondering, cause I know like if we were both to come in at the same time, mm -hmm. that might be overwhelming for her. Sure. So I don't know like how, how we would switch baby over or like yeah. if we come in one at a time, give her time to calm down after the first person yeah. before the first person comes in yeah. um, and then bring in baby. And then too, like, I know she's got a lot of anxiety in regards to like new things. Yeah. Um, so I yeah, for you guys, I would change up completely because yeah, I think I know how much she loves Abel every single day when he comes home. I know that he brings a lot of excitement. And then for you, since you're going to be gone and extend the period of time, I, I feel like she's going to be like, I don't know who I'm more excited for. Um, so maybe for you guys, what I would do is definitely implementing the calming remedies, definitely mm -hmm. making sure she gets a little bit of some sort of exercise, physical stimulation, mental stimulation before bringing her home. Um, and then have one of you come in first without the baby. Um, maybe take her outside for a quick second. Um, say hello to her there. Get a little bit of energy out. And then you guys switch. So then whoever wasn't out there now is inside with baby. And then someone goes to say hi to Darcy. So that we're doing it one at a time. It's not three big happenings happening all at once. And then when she's calm, then whoever wants, one of you guys will be holding baby on couch and then the other person maybe be bringing her in on leash. And then you're doing a little bit of that jumping up exercise that we were doing. So while you're holding, while someone's holding her on leash, going to sniff baby, whoever's holding leash treats on the floor, treats on the floor, treats on the floor. If she starts to have a little bit of a weird reaction, come on, let's move here. And then walking her the other way, 
calming her down and then trying it again. So breaking that down to you met dad, you met mom, you're calm. Now let's go have a very structured meeting with baby. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Let me know how that goes. Yay. <laughs> I will try to record it for you. Yeah. That'd be fun. What's up, Jody? Um, so I was planning on um doing a play and train with Dottie um and like a boarding like okay. the day leading up because she okay. has energy. So uh, I think what we'll have is like baby's already home and then Dottie's coming home too. Yeah, this yeah. And okay. so like I ideally she'll have a little bit less energy, but I yeah. feel like she's gonna be really interested. Um mm -hmm. so I know that we can do like the like put her on leash and then like redirect her, but she can only like should we just do little bits of time because she she can do it for a little bit, but then she just gets like too excited and then she's like, okay, I want to go for whatever it is she wants. Um okay. or I don't know, should we do a, a different approach? Yeah, that's a great question. I think Bill said, uh, or Bill and Caitlin said that that's kind of their ideal situation too. Dogs are not going to be home whenever baby's in. Um, and I think for, for you guys, it's going to be a slightly of a different answer. Um, Jody, I want you to do things in small doses. Okay. And what I mean by that is let Dottie come home, maybe baby's upstairs where she can't really like interact with her too much. That way she can just get the nerves and the excitedness of being home out first and then um, introducing her. So maybe baby comes down to Dottie or even maybe Dottie goes up. Um, if baby's coming down to Dottie, I would probably take Dottie outside. So that way you guys can situate yourself on the couch safely. So that way, you know, she's not jumping up while you guys are walking down the stairs or something like that. Um, yeah. And then small doses, like you said, she can listen really well and lots of redirections. So I definitely want you guys to have her on leash and you're doing the, the situation where we're walking her way when she's making the in, quote unquote inappropriate choice. Um, but even if it's like a two to three minute interaction before she starts to, okay, now I'm done, let's, let's do stuff. Like, end it there, take her outside, let her run around a little bit more, um, and then maybe do things again, maybe however often, as much as you want. Like, I don't think that there's like, okay, it has to be an hour later or anything like that, but doing it in small doses so that way she can have the con enough control to be making good decisions, and then she has a moment to shake it all off and like, <sighs> okay, let's do it again, and then she goes and does it again. So that way we're continuing to build up on nothing but good, and we're not waiting for it to get bad and then like that be where she ends it. Does that make sense? So yeah. smaller doses. Um, Bill and Caitlin, I think y'all's will be slightly different. Avit, like I feel like Avit might get a little bit too stressed out by the situation. So I think kind of the same thing for him, um, but I don't think for Avit you'll be needing to utilize your leashes to walk him away. If anything, like have him introduce, let it be a good situation, positive. Um, and before he starts to get stressed out, okay, bud, let's put you away for a second. Here's something that to calm you down with, maybe um, his long lasting shoes or something like that. Um, I don't know how Julio would react in that moment though, but I think, um, pretty much the same thing is making sure that the interaction is small, good, and frequent. So focusing more yeah. on like the quality of it and not so much like the long duration of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. that makes sense for both of them. Yeah, and it's, I, I, this is real. like Avit likes little kids more than most animals or humans so okay. um I guess that <laughs> yeah it's gonna it'll be well he gets excited because he thinks they're just like a big toy um so it'll it's gonna that I'm just I'm very curious to see but the yeah the small doses part I think will be really good for for both yeah. of them for different reasons but. yeah I also think too that sometimes and this might actually, this might not be a great idea for some of you guys, but changing the scenario up a little bit, um, maybe doing a small introduction in the living room, but then setting up the same thing outside in the backyard or something along those lines where there's other things for your dogs to be interested and in, not just what is this thing that's in your hand, you know? And that way your dogs can also, um, usually when we're doing things with new stimuli, especially if it's like a, a nervous or scared dog that I'm meeting for the first time, I'll usually 
meet them outside on a walk instead of like me coming into their space. So I think sometimes there's a little bit of value in doing it in, in less, uh, in situations and environments that might be less um, like daunting or there's just other things to experience in that environment. Yeah, great questions, guys. I Just a quick question about boarding. Like I have in not knowing when yeah. <laughs> will be coming and like when we go to the hospital um kind of what it is there like potential for like a little bit of wiggle room in signing yeah. up for boarding and yeah absolutely luckily circumstances yeah, absolutely. So luckily our boarding program has never really like shot off to the point where we're always super booked, um, except for like holidays and stuff. Like I know that, I don't know if any of you guys are due around spring break or something like that. Um, but what you could do is you can set up your reservation and then just let us know to start taking stuff off of your reservation. Um, or as, especially as you get a little bit closer and you know that maybe you're gonna be induced on a certain day, maybe now you have a little bit of a better window. Um, we don't mind you guys booking stuff now and then modifying it as we get closer. Um, we also don't mind if you guys just give us a call and like, Steph, today's a day, like, can we drop off? Um, the only time that that would be weird is um, Saturdays and Sundays, because we have weird openings. We're open from seven to 11 right. and then three to seven. So we're closed midday on Saturdays and Sundays. Maggie says for a baby, she will bring her booty over here and open up the facility for you guys. So, um, but usually awesome. Monday through Friday, for sure. Like you can just call us that day. It, most likely we will have the space. If not, we will find the space. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Does anyone else have any other questions, things they want to share? What's up, Jody? I had another Dottie question. Um, so she's been getting better at... Um, being relaxed when uh, like new people are here okay um but we'll probably have like less frequent or like like my in-laws will come and she knows them but they're a big source of energy sure um, they we've we've told them what her commands are and stuff they don't always do it uh, <laughs> sure. so, like i i'm you know, not all in control of that, but what I can control is Dottie. Yeah. Um, should I, should we just do like the little bits, like little, <clears throat> like the little doses at a time still and try to get her acclimated? Like when the, those family members are coming over to visit baby and things like that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think that breaking things down into more manageable situations for you guys, helps you guys feel less frustrated um, because we're setting it up in a better way and we're not waiting for the moments for inappropriate behaviors to happen or to like your dog starting to get frustrated. Once again, it creates a better environment for your dog and less of an environment that they're starting to now um, consider to always be frustrating or one that they associate with frustration. Um, so I definitely think super small doses and all, and error on the side of caution. Maybe you're like, you put them up after five minutes. I'm like, man, I really think that she could have handled probably five more minutes. That's fine. I'd rather you guys end it early. And then next time, maybe split the difference, go for those seven or eight minutes instead, and then continue to build on it from there. Um, other things to consider too, especially when we're starting to open up the amount of duration that we have, um, is times of the day, what sort of stimulation did they get beforehand, um, and not just think that you only need to be making, um, sometimes we do need to make things a little bit, thanks Bill, yeah, I, I noticed that too, um, uh, not only making things harder and harder and harder, sometimes you make things harder, and then you make things easy again, and then make things harder, um, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Let, yeah, let's, <laughs> you're fine, you're fine, um, so we do, you do things the cheap way. Okay, but yeah, Jody, did that um, did that kind of give you a good idea? Um, Maggie was saying while we were getting back on um, that there there's a lot of value in that one tip um, in any sort of training scenario, no matter what you guys are training. Um, and I think I try my best to all of you guys, especially in our private lessons when I'm giving you guys your homework assignments is short and frequent is always gonna be the name of the game. Um, we don't wanna wait for frustration to kick in. We don't wanna wait for negative behaviors to kick in. Um, all of your training uh, sessions and it might not always work, but we want to always we want them to be as boring as possible and as successful as possible, and then figure out what our dog's baseline is, and then continue to push that each time that we do stuff. Um, 
But like I said, sometimes making things only harder and harder and harder and harder could also build a little bit of frustration. So sometimes, you know, make things hard and then throw an easy one for your dog. So for example, when we're working on things like distance for place bed, our goal is to continue to make more and more and more and more distance. So say, for example, you worked your first goal of three steps away, you met it. Then you worked on a goal of 10 steps away and you met it. Then you worked your way up to 15 steps and you made it. Toss a super easy one in there somewhere. Make seven steps, reward that, right? So that way your dog has a couple of easy wins, um, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so whenever you're setting up any of your training scenarios and having your goals, um, slow and steady, I think definitely is the name of the game, short and frequent, um, but also giving your dog some really easy wins and really easy reps in there just to kind of build up a little bit of that confidence too as things continue to get a little bit more difficult. Um, for my teacher, uh, friends in here, I think that you guys probably kind of set some of those things up, like on your test and things like throw in an easy, what's two plus two. I mean, of course, if you have like first graders or whatever, um, but make, you know, you, you, you toss some easy things in to kind of build up that confidence for your dog. And they're like, ah, I do know some stuff. I said, this is pretty cool. Um, so I hope that resonates with some of y'all. What other questions do we have guys? I was connecting this to teaching. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of this, it's all the same. Um, your your learning, learning theory is primarily the same throughout any and all species. Um, the differences that you're training are what is a species capable of doing, right? I can't teach a dog to speak words, but you can teach a kid to do that. Um, and also motivation might be different depending on species as well. Um, I think food can be a really big motivator for a lot. And I'm very motivated by food. <laughs> it feels like me too. Um, but usually the learning theory, uh, the four quadrants and those things are, are pretty much the same um, throughout any of the, the teaching styles. What else y'all are quiet tonight? Um, I have a question about like, I guess, introducing baby. So I know you had talked about the dog being able to sniff baby. Mm -hmm. uh, so I know like if newborns are mostly swaddled. And so would it be better for us to make sure that we're taking and opening baby up so that, that the dog can smell baby more? I, uh, I think, I think your dog has plenty enough sense of smell to even sniff through the blanket. Um, especially for like Darcy, who I know has a tendency to jump every once in a while, I would want to keep babies, uh, like skin protected. If anything, um, try to get like the stinky parts of your baby to be sniffed, but not like having your dog sniff those parts. So for example, dirty socks, letting your dog sniff the dirty socks, dirty socks. Um, sometimes too, like the baby diapers, like I said, having a chance for them to sniff that. I don't want them to eat any of those things by any means, but, um, sometimes that's a good way for them to sniff. Um, depending on your swaddle, you might be able to pull out just one foot and have them kind of sniff and do different things there, but I wouldn't go like, you know, full opening or anything like that, especially the first few times that you do it. Once your dog is proving that I can be around, I can sniff and I'm not being crazy, I'm not jumping out, then sure, maybe go in and pull out a full arm and different things like that. Um, but I think your dogs are pretty good at sniffing a bunch of stuff that you don't have to like present baby <laughs> fully um, for them to get the good uh, idea of what's going on. Okay. Yeah. Cause we've just been introducing her to like, I guess like the baby things. Yeah. It's been really like, I need to sniff every inch of it kind okay. of situation. Yeah. Um, She's not jumping, which okay. I'm happy about. She's not jumping because when she's on a sniffing mission, she's very much focused mm -hmm. on, I need to sniff every piece of this. Okay. Um, so is, so she's definitely, and the only thing I think that, that freaks her out a little bit is movement. Okay. So of course, baby being swaddled would keep them from moving a, a lot, but um, sure. yeah, she's very much like, let me roll it over. Let me sniff underneath it. Kind Got of. Got it. Um, so even just kind of, as long as baby's wrapped up, just kind of moving so that Darcy can get that sniff in without, yeah, maybe over. Yeah. I think for you guys, maybe practicing what that's going to look like specifically. Um, so maybe, you know, go buy a, a new toy, a new dog toy, um, and 
you know, instead of giving it to her right away, practice, okay, she's sniffing, leave it. When she leaves it alone, treat that, you know, so that way you're just putting a little bit of something on cue. You're practicing what that very specific scenario looks like. You're holding something that she's interested in and wants to investigate. And that's not something you're just putting on the floor and letting her like super investigate on her own. Um, so having a resource that she's interested in your arms and then practicing a little bit of that, leave it in that same situation. Okay. Love it. That's a great question. Yes, Jody. Um, so we've been trying the putting the toy in the stroller. Um, so have this toy that Dottie's really interested in. Um, like really, really interested. She wants it. But do I ever like so that part is working, but um like what what can I reward her with? Do I, I do I give her the toy that she wants, like when she's leaving it or you know, doing whatever I want? Yeah, um, I think for her, since she's so food motivated, I would continue to reward with your treats. Um, in a structured tug of war game, I wouldn't mind like using what we're leaving as the reward. We do that a lot in many other things. However, because this is always gonna be a situation where I would never want her to jump into the stroll and be like, okay, you're taking too long, I'm gonna grab it myself. That's the only reason why I wouldn't want you to grab that thing and give it to her specifically. Yeah. Um, so in those instances, when we're not wanting her to grab that specific thing, let your motivation be treats and rewards and praise instead of that that thing itself. Okay. Yeah, that's what I that's what I thought. Um, but she's very sneaky. She'll still try to grab it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and like run away with it. Um, so I just didn't know if that was fine but because like in real life I definitely don't want my baby to her crate or whatever so <laughs> I, I I doubt that she will be okay she, she's reaching for the toys because she knows that toys are playthings, right um so hopefully she won't be like oh I've never seen this thing before but let me still take it to my crate um definitely still try to utilize those leave it's right when she's about to grab it I'll leave it and when she makes a decision not to reward that but also when you see her be interested in it and then you see her disengage away from it on her own, really reward her making that own decision to do that. Um, I mean, yeah, if you're putting something in that she has a history of playing with already, like it's her favorite rope toy, of course, she's gonna wanna try to grab that. Um, she won't have that sort of history with the baby. So I doubt that she's gonna like, oh, you're a rope toy too, and then try to take her. Yeah, well, the one that we're using is brand new. Um, okay. so she she's never really had much interaction with it she just okay. knows really likes it yeah and could be hers yeah yeah work those real life leave it's um as if that was baby because if that was baby in the show uh-uh daddy leave it is exactly the kind of cue that you would give her there okay so leave it and reward keep rewarding with the treats yeah yeah what else guys what other specific questions do you have for your specific babies and babies? Good. I, I see some of you guys like this. Yeah, Ariel. If our dog has a favorite toy and like like she's like very protective of this of a certain thing, how do we get like if baby happens to touch the toy? How do we get it to a minute like yeah this is mine don't touch it like 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 what do you do in like that situation like how do you train her for yeah do do you does she research start it from you guys like from humans specifically mm -mm. not from us got it okay i guess not mm -hmm. from dogs and other people yeah other dogs she's like very like almost like it's her like, like it's her like like her baby like it's her thing that she's sleeps with whatever okay okay she's like protective over it got it okay um i would definitely us too she she doesn't care okay good um that's good news i would definitely work a high level leave it slash drop it um so if she's engaged with it leave it um and i would probably uh -huh. even work it to the point where maybe she has to walk away from something so when we're do, traditionally doing regular leave it's i'm usually happy with my dog just spitting it out of their mouth um, but maybe you do leave it when she leaves it, you take the treat and you toss it away from the object. So that way she's realizing not only do I back away from it, but I also walk away from it. So that way that gives you the opportunity to go in and pick it up, 
um, from baby. I think another thing too, and, and we have to do this very carefully because we don't, if we take this, this next exercise too fast, this could be what leads to stress and frustration and then will lead us into a resource guarding scenario, okay? So while she has her toy, whatever it is, um, one of you guys is sitting with her while she's hanging out and the other one of you guys is sitting with baby on distance, distance-wise. So maybe it's even like across the like the cross across the room from one another. Anytime that she's enjoying the toy and she looks at baby, good girl, and just toss a cookie. So that we're building a positive, we're not working on like, don't get mad at baby when she grabs it, but instead it's have a positive association when you have your resource and babies around. When you know that she's consistently comfortable at that distance, then the next exercise you guys do, sit a little bit closer with baby and then a little bit closer with baby. I, I also think that, um, for, for dogs and kids, it's not only just teaching the dog, right, how to handle children, but also teaching your children how to handle the dog as well, right? And of course, that comes a little bit later as a, hi, Darcy, especially as they become, um, you know, older and, and able to understand those things. Um, but a lot of it is management of both baby and dog, right, making sure that you're being there to see baby not getting too close to those different things. Um, but when we take the time to just build that positive association to our dogs enjoying a resource and that thing being close and then closer and then closer and then closer. And the reason why, once again, if we only move close, 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 that can build a little bit of that stress, a little bit of that frustration there, which is something you don't wanna do. And I also don't want your dog to be having any sort of negative, um, negative experience, negative feeling, and then us having to take backward steps in the training plan, right? So we take those baby steps, literally baby steps closer and closer. Um, and then that's another one too, like with, that's a very slippery slope with like resource guarding food bowls. Um, some people like to like stick their hands in the food bowls and do different things and like get mad at the dog for growling. Well, you're, you're making a stressful situation there. And then basically what ends up happening is your dog realizes when you're around my food bowl, you're gonna put my hands in here, right? And so instead of making it a pleasant experience that we make more difficult, we gave them a difficult experience and then rewarded the bad behavior. Just making sure that we're setting it up on a baby scale. Cool, does that make sense though? I just thought of another question. Um, so Dottie, uh, sometimes I'll tend to favor me instead of Ruben. And so like when I'm giving my attention to something that's not her mm -hmm. and she's like getting frustrated, even though I'm trying to make an effort to like, um, you know, go outside with her or whatever, like mm -hmm. what, do you have any tips if she's still like doing that? Uh, are you worried about her like demanding your attention when you're attending to baby? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's something that we do pretty much all day long on the daycare floor. Um, like we're, we stop, we're giving one dog love and attention then like two, three, four other dogs start wanting to come get attention. Right. Um, and so that's a matter of controlling yourself as a resource, which sounds kind of interesting, but, uh, and you'll get better at this, the more that you guys do it, because part of it is being aware of what's happening. Like if you're tending to baby or changing diapers or something like that, and you like hear Dottie coming from like behind you, like just use your body to like body block her, whether it's with your back. Um, if you're doing stuff like holding on to baby and like maybe feeding or like doing something here, let me just turn this down a little bit, um, doing something more here and you see her coming up, typically what I'll do is I'll just literally like put a hand out and you're not doing it to like push her away or like you're not heismaning her or anything like that. You're literally just taking that space. And the more that you do that, she'll like, whoa, that was kind of weird. Um, some dogs will tend to chew on hands a little bit. Um, but basically what you're doing is you're saying, not right now, right? Um, and sometimes just a little bit of that physical boundary. Maybe you go ahead and start setting that up right now, um, playing with her toys and doing something like that. And as she's coming up, not right now. And it's not a big something because even some dogs will get even more escalated by like a lot of movement and different things like that. So it's not anything like this. It's just a very nice calm no. Um, drawing that space helps your dog realize like, oh, okay, I guess this is this is kind of boring and you're not giving me any attention and then they tend to walk away. Um, but setting that up now and not waiting for it to, for us to see like, will that work later? You know what I mean? So set that up now with small objects practicing drawing that boundary. Um, 
Did that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. I think we can start practicing that. I mean, we I've been trying to do that, like trying not to be 100% uh, available to her and yeah. um, practicing crate time, like while I'm home, not, yeah. not always going to her um, and try not to acknowledge her when she, she gets like frustrated. So she'll like crack, um, scratch the crate. Yeah. So I try not to acknowledge that either, but I'll go and like give her attention. So I don't completely yeah. ignore her. Yeah. And then, like, like I said, we do balance it out because I'll take her outside or we'll do yeah. activities together. Um, but I do notice that sometimes whenever I'm not, like, 100%, like, always with her, she is, like, wanting to, like, jump around and, like, get my attention. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty similar. We had done a little bit of stuff like that, like, when you were sitting on the couch petting Dusty yeah. and then she yeah. wants to come up. Nope, not right now. This is not an opportunity for you to be here. I will be with you later. Yeah, yeah. In a sense, to give them priority and attention over baby when you have the availability, or would that be setting them up to expect to be more important all the time? I don't know if you guys just heard Maggie's question. She said, is it, should they make it a priority to give their dogs attention when they have the opportunity for dog to be a priority over baby, or would that teach your dog to be expectant of your attention? And I think, um, giving your dog that attention whenever you can, as long as it's set on your own terms, right? Um, and so it's, some of you guys might have like pushy demanding dogs um, who like maybe come up to you and like, maybe like scratch you, right? And like, that's them initiating the interaction. Whereas instead, I want you to be like, hey girl, let's go outside. Like you're the one setting up the interaction there, right? You're the one initiating the, the interaction. Um, I think though, and part, part of me is like, oh, like when baby's down for a nap, right? Honey, you're going to want to take a nap when your baby's napping. <laughs> you're probably not going to want to be giving your attention to your dog at that point. Um, but I think that whenever you are available and you are capable, absolutely engage with your dog, do some stuff with them, because we want to try to keep everything as normal as possible for them. Yes, we're creating the situations for them to get used to the change. We also want to be fair to them as well and make sure that we're still kind of keeping some things pretty similar and aligned to what they're used to. Um, so if and whenever you can, I don't think that your dog will be like, oh, okay, like you're going to come give you attention now that baby's asleep, as long as you're always the one to be the one to initiate the activity, if that makes sense. Cool. So kind of going off of that, how Bronx likes to uh, demand bark. Okay. And so we ignore it until mm -hmm. like he's calm mm -hmm. and then he can like do his touches or things like that. How would you go about it? Like with the demand barking for attention, like say when we are changing a diaper or putting mm -hmm. baby down, like, like how would you redirect that? Yeah, I think it might, you guys will probably start to realize at what points maybe is he going to be more prone to be react, or excuse me, demanding, right? Like maybe after a daycare day, he's going to snooze, right? But if it wasn't a daycare day and it's been three days since you guys been at daycare, like maybe, you know, for sure he's going to be a little bit more demanding. Um, having your babysitters available for those things. What I mean by that is your long lasting chews, your frozen Kongs, your licky mats, your snuffle mats, different things like that. Um, so if you're like, I'm really tired, I'm not going to be able to give you attention today or as much attention as you want, but I have to go and like give baby attention instead. I'm going to set you up with the babysitter before you have the chance to come and bug me and then me placate by giving you those things afterwards. Okay. So having a little bit of forethought of like, what is your mental capacity at this time? What are you physically capable of delivering to your dog? What is your dog gonna wanna be wanting in this moment? And if all of those things don't align well, then hey, bud, I'm very sorry, but you're gonna have to hang out with this while I go do this instead. So you're kind of like distracting them, right? While you can get through it. Um, but of course there's gonna be those times where you missed it, you forgot it, baby started crying all of a sudden, you ran into the room and you're like, oops, like I forgot to do something. Um, I know that, uh, are you maybe like the barking is maybe specifically what you're worried about because of noise and whatnot. Um, I think that if you do have a barky dog, your dog, your kid is gonna learn to sleep through a whole bunch of stuff, which is really nice. <laughs> 
Um, I, I'm, I feel like I can sleep through a bunch of things because my parents took me to so many like quinceaneras and weddings and parties and stuff like that. And I got used to falling asleep, like under the table with the DJ playing and now I can sleep through anything. Um, but, um, I think that being consistent is going to be really important too. Um, I think body blocking. So literally when he barks at you, like literally give him your back that might be frustrating and that might tend to make the behavior a little bit worse. He might be like, Hey, like what's going on. But what I don't want you to do in that moment is out of frustration or anger or anything like that. Be like, wow, stop it. Because then he's like, Oh, it does still work. I just got to bark louder and longer and whatnot. Um, I think even to having some of those, those different behaviors that we talked about a little bit earlier, Bronx is a dog who like loves to have a job. So even like if you're finding, like give him something that's more motivating than what, for example, on daycare floor, once he realizes that enrichments are um, going on, he like stops playing because he's like, oh, the trainer's coming. Is it my turn? Is it my turn? Is it my turn? Right. So in those moments, like when you think that he would be more interested in the dog because you've worked on the place bed so much for diaper changing, he's going to start to, all right, it's that time and put himself onto the place bed while you change diaper, you know, because he's just that motivated to work. Um, Another thing that I never even wrote into my, my thing, and just this kind of goes on a little bit of a tangent, um, is if every single time you let your dog go into the room with you to change a diaper, especially a poopy diaper, um, or even, even just a wet diaper, your dog will soon realize context of a dirty diaper means we're going to go into this room and I'm going to get treats. So if you do that consistently, eventually one of those contexts, I have a poopy diaper or my, my kid has a poopy diaper, your dog will start to get antsy and start to kind of alert you that, hey, hey, there's a poopy diaper. Let's go into the nursery and change that. So then your dog will kind of start to alert you when you guys have a dirty diaper, which is kind of nice. Um, but yeah, I think being consistent, having your babysitters available um, and just doing some blocking stuff. Someone is blocking sometimes like physical barrier, like push him out the door without touching because that's mm. positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Maggie had a good one. So doing like some, maybe some like body blocking to get them out the door. Um, so that one might be a little bit harder to do depending on your setup, but I wouldn't want you to like grab collar and take them out because that would be um, give, like you giving attention to your dog, right? But maybe if you give them your back and like start walking backwards into them and kind of like escort them out of the room using your body and then you're able to close the door behind so that might be another one for you guys i see some questions popping up let's see here what are your favorite things to stuff a kong with to freeze girl sky is the limit for sure um you can even google a bunch of different recipes um things to freeze i don't typically fill the entire kong with the freezable substance i'll fill the kong with kibble or training treats or something kind of low value because you don't want the whole thing to be stuffed with something that's pretty gushy um and then the whole is what I'll cover with peanut butter or yogurt or pumpkin puree um or applesauce different things like that you guys are going to have a ton of baby food around eventually I love the idea of using baby food as well, because most baby foods are going to be organic. They're going to be pretty simple ingredients and not a whole bunch of stuff. So feel free to grab a spoonful of that, stick it in there and freeze it. Um, Stephanie says peanut butter, uh, banana and kibble. Yeah, heck yeah. Fruits and vegetables are great to use. Just make sure not grapes and raisins and things like that. So do a little bit of research beforehand. I typically don't like to buy the Kong stuff and squeeze stuff in there. I like to kind of go for whatever you kind of naturally have in your kitchen um, and making that fun. Sniffing out the dirty diaper is definitely going to be its job. <laughs> I feel like he would love that task so much. Bronx loves apples and pear Ooh, pears. Yum. Um, I once had a dog. He was a schnauzer. It was a, my dog was a client dog. His most favorite thing was frozen peas. Like that, that was like his crack to work for. Um, so sometimes doing things like that in your, in your Kongs is fun. Um, but I like to keep a variety of different things that way. It's not boring for your dogs. Um, they even make, uh, we used to carry it and we don't carry it anymore. Like a calming peanut butter. Um, that has, I think it was L-theanine or L-tryptophan, maybe both of those, but that could be another added something that you guys use to kind of still have that calming effect and kind of kill two birds with one stone. Oh, I missed that. 
Darcy's all about veggies. She doesn't like, really? That's very interesting. She doesn't like fruits, but she likes veggies. Okay, girl. That's funny. All right, guys. Very good. Does anyone? Oh, Lena too. Yay. I'm glad that we have some, some kiddos in here who aren't like, who are happy to try out things besides just meats and cheeses. I'm glad that you guys are playing around with fruits and vegetables and things like that. Like she loves to eat like those like mini bell peppers. Like like if I have one and it's extra and she wants like she will she will do anything for those bell peppers. I don't know why, but she will. Yeah, get creative. Just cut those up, dice them up, even in like slices and stick those in your Kongs for sure. Darcy likes um celery sticks, uh cucumbers. Mm, yeah. And and lettuce. Lettuce. My, my dogs, I don't buy a whole lot of kale anymore, but I would take like the leafy part of the kale for myself and then have the stalks left, like the middle part. And I give that to my dogs and they crunch on that for a few minutes. Yeah. All of those things usually freeze pretty nicely too. Awesome guys. Very good. Well, if y'all have any other questions that you guys think of in the meantime, definitely feel free to shoot me a text. Um, we also uh, will be coming up with like a baby package to kind of prepare um, that comes with, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be eight, um, eight lessons, two per trimester, and then two for once baby comes home. Um, I know a lot of you guys are way past that, but for those of you guys who are still pretty early on, we can give you guys a discount on that. Um, for any of you guys who want a baby specific lesson, I'm happy to offer you guys a 10% discount on that just for thank you guys for taking the class and for incentives. I don't want you guys to think like, oh, I should have waited for the podcast to come out and then I would have gotten this for free. So I still want to incentivize you guys. Um, but also I was able to answer your specific questions. So I hope you guys found value in this. I hope it was fun. Um, yeah, any question that you guys have, let me know. Um, I can do in person here at the facility, in person at y'all's place. I can also do a virtual something like this, especially when baby comes home. Now, want a little bit more support, but you're not comfortable with the person um, who's maybe not a family member with COVID going on. Virtual lessons are really successful and have a lot of a lot of success with a lot of clients in those. Um, so that's always an option. Um, but feel free to text me any comments, feedbacks, um, suggestions for the webinar. I definitely would love to know anything. Um, once baby comes home, let me know what your favorite tips were. Um, let me know if there was like, hey, Steph, like this was something that we didn't cover, but I'm definitely thinking that it would be helpful for other moms to know. Because um, like I said, I don't have any children and I don't plan on having children anytime soon. So having feedback from you guys as to what the experience was like using these tips um, would be extremely helpful for me if you guys can. Um, other than that, I will convert these videos, send them over to you guys too. Um, and then I don't think there was a ton of videos for me to supplemental, but if I do find any supplemental like training exercises, um, I'll send those along to you guys as well. All right, guys, thank y'all so much for an amazing night and for an amazing first <laughs> and for an amazing first, um, Along Comes Baby webinar. I hope you guys liked it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll see you guys soon. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. This was Thank really, you. really helpful. Yay. I'm so glad. Thank you. You're welcome, yeah. guys. I'll be hitting you up. We'll probably do like a little prep session before with yeah. Dottie. I am here. You guys know where to find me. <laughs> All right. All right, Thank guys. Y'all have a good night. Bye. Thanks. Bye. As always, the fun doesn't have to stop here. Find us on all of our socials. We're on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Pup Pup and Away SA. Uh, feel free to leave feedback or ask any questions about this topic or any desired future topics by DMing us on Instagram. Please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. Share us with a friend. Uh, and if you're ever so inclined, please feel free to donate. Nothing reinforces me more than money besides food. And that might be why I get along so well with dogs. <laughs> I hope to see you guys soon.